This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. (laughs) When we all start doing what we love, We all can connect on a spiritual level and create better energy on Mother Earth, a better place for our children and all who will come after us. Valeria Tellis interviews Leila Faradun, the author of Looking Forward to the Bright Side. Ms. Leila Faradun is a passionate Emirati speaker and author. She is the founder of Looking Forward Consultancy, specialized in business and digital transformation. She is a professional career mentor and spiritual coach for self and career growth. She has been chosen in 2019 as an ambassador of goodwill by the League of Arab Organization. Ms. Faradun has more than 20 years of experience with Dubai government as executive director of chairman office in RTA for the past 13 years. She holds a master's degree in computer science and is pursuing her PhD currently in the field of fourth industrial revolution in King's College, London. She graduated through Young Leaders Program under Mohammed bin Rashid Leadership Program. She has done extensive work experience in the areas of corporate innovation and has left an incredible mark of difference in the field of project management by contributing to large projects such as Expo 2020 and Principles of Next Generation Project Management in EMEA region. She is an active researcher in the field of project management and digital transformation. She has presented several topics at top conferences across the world, and her sessions at conferences have been rated highly as she engages audiences in her unique style delivering messages on how to succeed in business with management tips. Meet Layla at lookingforward.me. Here is the interview with Layla Faradun. In your own words, who is Leila Faradon? I love that question and I hate it at the same time because it makes me every time think about it. Okay, I would say that um, a mix or a blend of a science and art. And the, the art for me comes from the spirituality, so from the spiritual part of us and uh, the spiritual dimension that I live with. And then the science part comes from the um, the science or the digital world that I work in. So that's how I define myself. I mean, a lot of us, I have done that too. And sometimes I still, I guess, do it in the sense of going too much into the spiritual and kind of forgetting 
parts of the body, the needs of the physical True. existence. We always, True. We always need to balance all uh, the different dimensions that we have. My first, actually, the second official question to you, Leila, is about life and death. What is life to you? What is death? And what is the balance between them? Okay, that's very interesting. Life is simply a journey, I would say, because I'm a big believer that our souls existed way before we came to this earth. And even after we die, it will continue the journey. So life is a journey uh, that the soul comes to learn and evolve. And once the uh, that's done, then it goes into another journey after death. Um, right. Yeah, that's that's how I really see it. What about the balance in between them? Or would you say that everything is a journey? There's no in between even? Well, I, I wouldn't say a balance. So life by itself is one journey because mm. what happens after mm. death is sort of unknown. Right. However, we trust, we trust, I trust my soul that would be something good. But for now, since I'm now uh, uh, on the earth, so all what I think of is the journey on earth and what I need to work on prepare myself after death. So I'm not talking at all from a, a religious perspective or anything. It's very spiritual perspective. And how did you come to these understandings, Leila? So I'm a healer by myself. I'm a healer and I've been, I've taken a lot of, uh, I read a lot about this and uh, I had a lot of uh, training courses on this and also ba uh, back to my religion, uh, Islam, we, we also have, uh, we believe that after death that the soul goes into another journey. So uh, that's within my belief system and um, I feel it. I don't know how to explain this, but I feel it. So, you know, when you connect to your soul and you, you get certain information from that soul and you so trust your soul because you know that's the divine and your soul is connected to the ultimate divine and the ultimate power in this universe. So you, would, you wouldn't even doubt this. Mm -hmm. I would say a feeling, yeah. I would say that's how I feel about it. I love the idea of questioning everything, but also that space in us that it's so sure about what this is all about. Like you say, no doubts, which seems to me like that is a space that there's no fear, right, Leila? Would you say that? No fear? I agree. But whenever you have a faith, then there is no place for or there is no room for the fear. So um, if you're confident and again, if you have no doubt, that's all goes back to the faith that you have. Uh, and again, mm. that comes from the soul. Mm. So fear comes from, or doubts, they come from fear. Yeah, and the fears, of course, these are, let's say, some negative thoughts that got, got created in your brain. And uh, we're not saying it's something bad, but it's very important that you understand how would you understand the uh, uh, this kind of thoughts, uh, the fears, and how would you understand how to relate to them and how to avoid getting trapped into believing that they exist. So talk to me for a moment about what healing is and what are some of the misconceptions we have about healing? Healing is, maybe it's time we change this word, I'm not sure, or <laughs> we <laughs> with terminology, because it's not about healing, it's more about reconnecting to your inner power mm. it's more about um, reconnecting to your divine self right 
that's what 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 is simply meant by healing it doesn't mean that there is something wrong in you and that you need to fix no right it simply means that you uh, need to reconnect with your divine self wow that's, yeah that's how i see it i love that so in a sense you're saying that there's nothing to be healed really because no. Right. No, it's, just, it's just going back to who we are, to the essence. It's like resetting, exactly. Just reset. Mm. Just resetting and going back to who you uh, who you were born as. But would you say that this process or this work of reconnection, what would you call it? I call it healing. What would you call it? I also call it healing, to be honest with yeah. you. But I'm, I'm just now, it's, you just provoked my uh, thoughts. So I'm thinking, well, well, what else we could call this? Maybe enlightening? Enlightenment? Right, right. Enlightenment would make sense to me. But I, I personally have no issue with healing. But I'm just thinking that because, you know what? When people hear the word healing, then darkly comes to their mind that there is something need to be fixed. True, that's true. That's why I'm thinking there, there may be a, another word that need to be used. Yeah, I agree. And I absolutely agree with that. And I love the idea that we are already whole, but we are just disconnected. We Actually, we are never disconnected if we are already whole. So that means that we are just not aware, right, of that wholeness that's already here. We're aware of it. Or maybe because of the um, shadows or the, let's say, or the dark beliefs or the negative beliefs, it will tend to hide that wholeness or affect it, I would say, in a way. Right. Uh, till you go back to that. Or as you said, till you know that we are a whole or you are a whole, then you will understand how it works. Yeah. So that makes so much sense. So it's really a return to wholeness, which yes. was always yeah. there in the first place. Actually, it's not even a return if you think about it, because there's no space even. Because it's, everything's whole, we are whole, there's no space. There's nothing to go back to, but just to realize, perhaps, right? To it's perceive. more a realization. Yeah. I agree. It's more a realization. Yeah. Wow. Everything that we always have dreamed of or wanted, it's here. It's already here. Isn't it interesting that we miss that? Yeah. And you know what's wow. magic is the moment you believe, it happens, which, which tells you it's there. Yeah. Let me change the subject for a moment to grief. I know you had the experience of going through this. How do you describe grief, um, Leila? Grief. Yeah. Interesting. So grief is letting the, uh, I would say, the pain out of your body. Yeah. Because it's in your body, it's not in the soul. Because the soul, I believe that the soul, it's not something attached to your soul. It's more attached to your subconscious and to your body. Right. So grieving is simply letting the uh, the pain feelings to, to, go, to, to come out. It is stored somewhere in your body and you need to vent out and you need to let that go because... It's not meant for the grief to stay because if it stays, it will affect you. So it's uh, it's like venting it out and releasing uh, that sort of energy, that's negative energy that need to go out. Yeah. It's a process. And I would say it's a process uh, that needs your full attention. And uh, the most important things while grieving is not to judge. Mm, yeah. Neither blame yourself. Yeah. Just surrender, accept it, let it be. 
feel the feelings, right? Really embrace. Yeah, it's very that. important, yeah, to feel the feelings so you understand what's happening. And by feeling, you know, the feeling what happens, you're releasing it as, as simple as that. Right. If you don't feel the feeling, if you're in denial, mm -hmm. then no, you're not doing a good work here. It's not being released. The point is releasing that energy. And what comes to mind, a question, what conversation I often have with um, some of my guests, not all of them, is this understanding you have, for example, that we never die. There's no death, really, per se. There's life after life, if we can put it that way. Um, so why can't that realization sustain us throughout grief when we lose somebody why can we go back to that and stay in a space of freedom of inner peace knowing that there's no separation there's no death is that possible Leila? um it is possible but i think it needs a lot of enlightenment to be able to reach to that level okay. uh, reality it is exactly as you just said it that's the fact however But I, I believe because now on, on Earth and with this um, humanity and all the, the the human experience that we're going through, we also are we are human being and spiritual beings. Yeah. But being on Earth, a uh, human being also uh, plays a big role in that. It's not easy, of course, to separate. But then I, th I would say that people lack the um, way of connecting, reconnecting with the soul that left Earth, for yeah. instance. Yeah. It's a bit, uh, they consider, they, I, I don't think people, most of people would believe that something like this exists. Yeah. I don't blame them because it all goes back to the uh, culture, to the religion, to the uh, uh, knowledge that people would have. Mm. But for me personally, thinking now about it, uh, having the presence of a person makes a difference, honestly. Yeah, oh, the, presence, the physical presence. The oh. physical presence, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. even if knowing that, I still can connect. But still, I would really, since I'm 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 here on Earth, I would prefer the uh, the physical presence of that person. Yeah, so that goes back to the uh, the perception, the the belief system, or the desires, or what we want, or how we want um, life to unfold and to be, and maybe that's why. Grief, a lot of times, also considered a trauma because of that, because yes. it feels like right. a separation, right? So we're losing something. Yeah. But that's because at the level of the mind, we believe we, we had something, which we did. It never went away, really. But I understand what you mean about the body, the physical body and the spiritual body not being the same. Yeah. And, you know, the separation is, um, yeah, the feeling, the separation would also the degree, let's say, of this feeling or the separation would also, I believe, goes back to the, uh, the uh, how uh, to the wholeness in yourself. Mm. So because simply yeah. what happens when you grieve someone is simply you grieve part of you as well. Right. So right. it's very important that when you grieve, you're also connected to yourself to understand that you're grieving It's like more like yearning to that person rather than uh, uh, attached to the person. Because right. if you overdo it, then that simply means you're disconnecting from yourself as if you're part of yourself left with that person. And that's where the, the, the most the trauma happens. So the trauma simply happens because we th we disconnect from ourselves when we grieve. And that's why I said it's very important when we grieve, we understand the feelings, you understand why we're grieving, we understand what are these feelings, is it anger, is it really sadness? So understanding your feelings here, very important. 
as a human, definitely you'll feel sad, you'll feel um, yearning to that person, but then don't lose the connection to yourself with that. That's very important. And that also because the understanding that the reason why we are in pain or it's so painful is because we have loved. I have heard that before. I think yesterday uh, I talked to somebody about that and he said, or somebody wrote that grief is the price of love. Mm. It makes sense. Does it make sense to you? Like, it it makes sense to me, but I'm not it sure. Does. If, yeah. It does. It does, actually. But then it all also would go back to the, your definition of love. True. Yeah. Like, I would love to know your definition of love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Since you brought that up, I love that question. <laughs> so love for me is, um, is being in peace with yourself and the other so like sort of feeling your freedom while being with the other uh, person. So that's love because with it comes the respect, with it comes accepting the other person as as without the need to or, the, or wanting to change. And, and that's where you start feeling yourself and you're feeling peace with yourself. And that's why you start feeling all this emotion and love yeah. and you feel joy. You feel joyful and happy to be with a person like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a profound idea. Love yourself as you love the other. Or actually, by loving yourself, you love the other too. So everything's connected because it's not separated anyway. So yeah, love will just emanate uh, once we have found that within ourselves. I do believe that it starts with us. If In order to love others, we've got to love ourselves. Very true. Right. And I go a little bit further with this idea of unconditional love for the self or unconditional self-love. Do you believe that this is a realistic practice? The unconditional self-love? Yes. Yeah. It is realistic, actually, but it's difficult to attain in terms. I, I would take it. It's a journey, as I said, right? Yeah. So yeah. we all... Each person needs to end up loving him, her or herself uh, unconditionally. But then that needs to be clearly defined to that person. That needs to be clearly, let's say, articulated. Yeah. Uh, so people will understand the difference between first and selfishness and self-love. True. So, True. Yeah. So selfless or selfishness. So that's all different. Uh, it is possible, but it needs really proper work in order to be able to, to reach there. So it's part of your enlightenment to mm. reach to that level of self-love, of self-love is yeah. simply by light, keep enlightening yourself. Yeah. So basically you're saying that enlightenment is not just a moment in time. No. A decision we make right now and then stays here. It's a practice, isn't it's it? It's a practice, yeah. It's a continuous process, I would say. So you wrote the book, Looking Forward to the Bright Side. Talk to me about the inspiration and also the intention of writing your book. So the the, um, the inspiration came to me... Um, it happens that uh, so whenever I go, I give a speech and different conferences I do. I talk about uh, leadership. I talk about um, um, different aspects of uh, self-love, uh, uh, self self-improvement and so on. So at the end of the presentation, uh, people come to me and they ask me one common question. They tell me how you do it. Mm. And I... For a second, I just keep like thinking about the question and I'm like, the answer comes directly that I do what I know how to do. 
they're like, no, 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 we need to know your approach. How you do it? And then, and then it came to me like there is an approach. I don't see myself having an approach. So apparently what I do, the way I do is an approach, you know. Right. And based on that, uh, it really made me think about it. And I started writing it down, like jotting it as a point yeah. uh, to see what is my approach, actually. And then uh, consulting a friend who is a writer, he simply uh, advised me to start uh, writing uh, about it and uh, and start podcasting simply. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then I and that's how I started. So based on that, I, I I simply I was observing myself honestly to figure out my approach, and it worked. I figured out my approach, and that's how uh, I wrote this book. And the intention was simply um, it goes back to my uh, purpose in life. So I believe one of my main uh, purposes is to educate, to coach, uh, to help uh, people uh, to uh, change their life. And because I've been through a journey myself to change my life and to live the life that I always wanted, I thought uh, this will add uh, to uh, this would uh, really help me to serve and to uh, work my purpose. And uh, I felt inspired to write this book. You won't believe it. I would set, start writing and the ideas keep like coming to me, you know, without even thinking, I would simply write as if someone is talking to me, as if someone is telling me what to write. Right. It was so uh, interesting and very exciting process. It's the the flowing that a lot of people speak of that comes from inspiration with the, yes. the invisible yes. world, the inner world, right? Talk to me for a moment about purpose. When did you know that you're living your purpose? And how do we know, most of us, when we are in that space? So um, I found out my purpose uh, based on my values, actually. So you need to look back into your values. What are your values and how do you feel about them? If you really feel in peace and you feel happy and you feel passionate about them, then I believe that you are on the right track and there you can find your purpose. Uh, If it's not that straightforward, you can... uh, get a coach or a mentor to to guide you to find your purpose or simply uh, start reading or um, uh, doing some, I would say, healing or enlightenment uh, processes just in in order to be able to put you on the right track. For me, as I said, based on my values, so one of of my values is supporting self and others. And I got this early my um, uh, when my uh, when my dad passed away. I've seen how my mother was uh, like uh, I would say um, prioritizing, sacrificing, and ensuring that uh, her system, which is her home, her kids, uh, is going uh, on the track. So I found myself being happy helping my mother yeah. doing that. So I understood that I have this within me that I would love to help others. I would love to. And when I when I was helping also my mother and teaching my uh, when I was uh, sorry, teaching my uh, helping my uh, sibling uh, and their um, school, that would go like and like a natural flow, as you said. So I wouldn't feel uh, any resistance or I wouldn't feel bothered with it. So I understood that I would love to help others. I would love to educate others. And that's how I started building and realizing that's my uh, purpose. It's something that we do that is, we don't have to think about it or it's not an effort. We would even 
do it for free without getting paid. So that makes sense, right? And that joy, because, yeah, it can be felt in the body, this positive feeling that arises when we are doing something that we believe in, that we are supposed to be doing. It seems to me like it's very mysterious in a way because it doesn't take belief system, right? Because it's True. there. You, yeah. As you said, you'll feel positive and you'll feel happy doing it. I feel free said that, yeah. So yeah, it flows naturally. You, you feel you want to give more, you want to... Yeah, this idea of giving, it's really beautiful too. Uh, once because, oh yeah, of course it makes sense because it's coming from a place of abundance. Like you have that, you have enough of that in yourself. Now it's time to share, right? To give. That makes so much sense to me. I love that idea because I have seen a lot, myself included, and so many people around me who have giving without having, and that always caused pain in the end, resentment, because they didn't have enough. They come from a place of lack. Exactly, yes. And here here where the balance is required, I believe, yeah. In your work, I read somewhere, I'm not sure if in your book or biography, you talk about two, um, some healing modalities, data healing and karma yoga. So theta, T-H-E-T-A, healing and karma. Theta, right? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. So talk to me about these two modalities, healing modalities. Both of them are simply, what they do is, uh, so it's a technique uh, through a meditation where you simply connect to the higher self uh, to get the uh, required information, to get the required uh, knowledge in order for you to um, change certain beliefs that you have. So it works on your belief system. Let's right. say that you have a belief that you're, let's say that you no one lo- loves you. Okay. So through one of these techniques, uh, you will uh, tap into that belief, find that belief, the source memory of that belief, how, how this happened, when did you store or who programmed you with this belief, and then it will work on removing this belief and then, and uh, let's say, downloading the right belief that simply that we are all lovable, that we are created with God definition of being loved or being loved by ourselves. Right. So that's how it works. So simply it's a reprogramming yeah. your negative, dark belief for the right ones. Right. That's how it works, yeah. That makes sense. So we can live by belief systems that serve us and not the, the opposite. Yeah, right? because the belief, or most of the beliefs we have, um, they are not ours, or let's say that we did not create them. Mm-hmm. And uh, those two healing uh, modality, they work on the, um, there are four types of belief systems that we carry within us. So uh, the first one is the soul beliefs. As we said, soul is, is a mystery, honestly. So, and I, as I said, that uh, the soul existed way before we came to this earth. So, there are a lot of beliefs within the soul itself. Okay. And then there is the core belief, and these are the uh, the beliefs that we create while living here on earth, since we are born till the day we die. And there is ancestor beliefs. Okay, and then the fourth one is the uh, historical belief. And this is all the, let's say, the collective consciousness that exists. Historical throughout the history, for instance. Let's give you an example. For instance, men are paid more than women. 
someone created that at certain time, right? So it's a historical belief. Yeah. So these are the, the, the four belief uh, system that we carry within ourselves. So uh, theta or karma yoga would work to find out uh, the source of your belief. Uh, it fits into which category of these and each one would have a different way of working with. And I wonder what kind of beliefs, how do we know when the beliefs are coming, being created by our own selves? Is there a reference, a way of knowing, Layla? It, uh, it will unfold during the healing itself. Yeah. So during the session itself, it would come, it would come. But you would also know if you, um, let's say that uh, there are some cultural beliefs that you carry with yourself, but you always feel rebelling against certain culture, let's say, right. or you always feel not happy about certain um, perception in your society. Yeah. Right. But you are carrying that belief because you were born and you were raised with it. So here, this might give you an indication or a trigger that this is not your belief, but it was programmed in you by someone else. So you would need to work and remove that belief because even if consciously that you understand that you do not agree with it, but unconsciously you're still carrying it. And that's why it's important to do the work, which I call it healing, which yes. is the reconnection that you speak of uh, and go as deep as possible because we need right. to uncover those, right? Those. Yes, yes. I've seen many, uh, you know, many people. So consciously they're really uh, there and they have clear their thought and they have the right belief. But they yet to struggle in their life and they keep, let's say, getting into the same situation or attracting the same people with the all with the with the opposite belief. So that's simply because it's still there in your subconscious. You need to work there. Wow. And clean it. Yeah. That sounds wonderful to me. And and I wonder why so many of us hesitate to do this kind of work of going deep. It requires a lot of courage to go. <laughs> it does, right? Like, it does, yeah, it does. It's worth it because then we're now recreating or creating this new life that's so much more fulfilling, right? Satisfying. Yes, yes. So in your book, you have these, you have been speaking of some of these steps. You have the uh, roadmap. So it yeah. can help us to achieve our dreams, which has everything to do with healing from my perspective. And very, I mean, these are just... Timeless wisdom, as I call it. The first step, you call it know yourself, which yes. is a big one. It is. And the scary part. <laughs> yes, right. Right. Scary. That's so true because now we are, what are we afraid of? Is that fear of finding out the, the dark sides, the, what needs to be not yes. fixed? Yeah. What is it? Have you pinned down what it, it is that we are afraid of? Uh, it's simply the hidden side of you. So just facing that part and knowing that, let's say that you lived, let's say for 20 years working on uh, or being programmed in a certain way. And that it's like an autopilot that was leading you through your life. And then yeah. suddenly you find out that you were on the wrong track or you were you weren't achieving what you really want. And you're simply doing what others want you to do. Right. So and then the, the uh, it, it is, you know, why it's scary from my own experience, yeah. because going through this journey and going through this enlightened enlightenment would um, you would uh, end up uh, changing your closer. Mm -hmm. So you would end up uh, your relationship with certain people will end. True. You know, so and then true. you will also your relationship with yourself, you will start understanding certain connection with yourself. 
And it's so uh, painful to know that you were not connected in a way to yourself and that you were, mm-hmm. you were, as you said, you were uh, functioning from a lack rather than abundance. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy, you know, to di- to digest this fact. But then once you pass that, you're good. Yeah. And then also the, the other scary part of it is all the emotions that will come. Because um, in this process, you would need, as I said, it's like griefing, you know. When you're griefing, you're letting all the negative emotions out. Yeah. It's a similar process. So when you're changing, when you're reprogramming, you would still need to let all the negative in, uh, emotions out. This is painful. True. And uh, it needs a lot of courage and energy to go through it. I see that a lot of people, they choose to live with the known pain that they have, then exploring yeah, the unknown so they can kind of expose the reason why they're living that life and then they then improve. And of course, it takes work and time. It's not something that's done overnight, right, Leila? Indeed, yeah. Okay, so it's so much better to go for the unknown. That's how I feel, and I have been living my life lately for the last seven years. But I know that, yeah, it takes trust, too, from my experience, a lot of trust. Yes. The first step, know yourself, and then the second, find your passion. You have been talking about purpose and all we, we talked before. Third, create the life you want. In your book, you say, live without the need to prove yourself to anyone as each has different standards and views. Just be who you want to be. Yes. That's a powerful advice to all of us. Gosh, that's a tough one, too, because now it it really takes courage, right? And trust to say no and create those boundaries, even if you will lose somebody. Yes, very important. That's why it's, uh, as I said, it's not an easy process. Uh, you need to be true to yourself before being true to others. So knowing who you are, uh, what are your values, very important. So through my uh, journey, I also ended up knowing that there are some values that I had. They were not my values and I had to let them and I had to focus on my own values. So anyone going through this would need to be, that's why it's uh, it needs a lot of courage and power to be able to change and reprogram yourself. Um, judgments, we all live in a society that judges. Not easy to avoid. You're being judged by your closed ones at home, at school, at work. Uh, to develop that uh, practice of uh, avoiding or, uh, let's say, not being affected by judgment is very important as well, because it always will affect your self-esteem. Judging yourself as well, blaming yourself is very important to avoid, because that's a big uh, sabotage. Uh, when you start blaming yourself, you're simply out of the I love myself zone. Um, so in the fourth step in your book is inspire the world. And I love what you say there in that section I have here. You say, when we all start doing what we love, we all can connect on a spiritual level and create better energy on Mother Earth, a better place for our children and all who will come after us. Yeah. Yeah, because it starts with us. Oh, I love that message because it starts here with each one of us. If we if we don't don't have that courage and the trust to do the work, then how can we see an improvement out there? It's not possible. I love how your work taps into this know yourself because that's the 
place. <laughs> That's the only place, really, <laughs> to start anything. If you want to change out there, you have to change here. Yes. As a cliche, I mean, it, it's a powerful message, but it has become so usual to hear that, that we don't really listen to the wisdom. We don't really pay attention to how powerful that is. So thank you so much, Leila, for your work. You're welcome, dear. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? My favorite part as well as the inspire. Yeah, yeah. So I would say uh, the final note that I already included in my book, that besides the roadmap that I have provided, there is another important factor to any successful journey, no matter what your journey was in this life, and no matter what dreams you are pursuing, always remember to follow your heart, for your heart is your internal compass. And do you connect the heart with the soul, Leila, or they are different uh, components of the being? Well, they are connected, actually. I honestly don't know much about that, but again, from my own experience, I feel that uh, the heart is different from the soul, and they are connected, and it's very important we keep that connection clear. Right. Once connection is not there, then that's where we, we, we tend to listen to our brains more than our heart. That's where we don't trust our guts much because there's a broken connection, you know? That makes me think about intuition, yeah, trusting our yeah, intuition. And honestly, that was my difficult part because I'm very intellectual. And when I started getting into this journey of spirituality and knowing that I should be led by my heart, not my, by my brain, it took me a lot of work and a lot of time to, to reach to that level. That takes a little bit longer by undoing those, yeah, the, yes. those belief systems or the way we navigate through them, right? Yeah. So my last question to you is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Three things about life yeah. that you will live according to your beliefs. So whatever belief life is, whatever you believe life is, is what you will live. And that's why it's very important that we understand what we think of life. So if you think life is a happy journey, then it will be a happy journey. If you think that life is simply, we're here to suffer, then you will keep suffering your whole entire life. True. Number two, um, it's a gift. Going back to the, uh, the concept that the soul the body and the soul being embodied into those bodies to come to earth and experience all this richness and all this uh, learning and uh, the experience, the human being experience itself as a gift. So I would say uh, enjoy it uh, as much as you can and uh, get the best out of it. And the third thing about life is love. And it starts by loving yourself, love yourself, and uh, trust yourself. When you love yourself, everything else will happen. All the other kind of love will start unfolding in your life. Thank you so much, Leila, for sharing these important messages, putting yourself out there in that position to help others because you're coming from a place that you have helped yourself at those levels. So it's a very courageous and generous work to do. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Uh, that's all uh, on my website, uh, www.lockingforward.me. 
And also my uh, social media accounts, which are already in the websites as well. Wonderful. I'll have that link on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. You're welcome. Thank Bye you. Bye for now, Len. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Leila Faradun and her work, please visit lookingforward.me. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.